The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. As we begin our Lenten journey, talking, taking us to the destiny of our Lord Jesus Christ and the, the glory of his cross, we follow this year in the step with the life of Joseph from the Old Testament. He was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. You remember the lineage, right? How that works out. Jacob's sons would later form the 12 tribes of Israel. And yet, the genesis of Joseph's birth came out of deep grief. Rachel was his mother, but she was barren, unable to have children. Do you remember her story? Jacob fell in love with her pretty much at first sight, right? It wasn't a picturesque skein that she put on like a postcard or something. It was at a well out in a field. But there she was, watering the flock of her father. The grief began when after working for dear old dad Laban for seven years, he tricked Jacob into marrying his daughter Leah first. It meant another seven years of hard labor until he could at last marry Rachel. However, we know there's a little bit extra here. Uh, having multiple wives, or what we call polygamy, never goes well in the Old Testament. God gives it no word of blessing or praise. But Jacob still loved Rachel. However, their love was still not enough to conceive a child. That you hear tonight with God remembering Rachel has baggage. It's more than over other people having babies before her. The then pertains to the mess made with the family of Jacob. His sons were born from grief wrapped up with much sinful jealousy, and so goes the glory of the tribes of Israel, frankly, right from the start. The matter started over sorrow for Rachel's in her own body, but it also was with seeing Leah. After her first child, then her second, third, well, here we go. Sorrow for Rachel started shifting to bitterness. And without God answering her prayer, she would act out of spite and desperation. She gave Jacob her maidservant, Balaam, who bore two sons that Rachel would try to count as her own against Leah. However, Leah, for a time, having no children, fought fire with fire and gave Jacob her maidservant, Zilpah. And she bore two sons. Leah later prayed to God for children again, and guess what? She received two more sons and even a daughter. When all the sinful mess clears, there are 11 kids, 10 being sons. But Rachel, still barren, 
in grief and shame with no child. Except you got to be careful. This is not just for a good soap opera show. Procreation issues on the surface, how to manage that in life. But deeper, darker, was sin lurking with doubt and distancing oneself from, from God, trusting him. Jacob, too, took the easy way out as the man with his wives that slid right into sinful corruption. Rachel had plenty of good questions, I'm sure, like, why me? Why is it, is, is what's wrong with my praying or what's, what's wrong with the Lord not somehow considering my needs? Does he even care about my grief and sorrow? She also knew the truth that we start off with in Lent tonight. She knew, dust you are, and in dust you shall return. Her bearing children was even a shorter timeline to that reality. Now, some struggle with this today in our families. But Luther even says about barrenness these wonderful words, but this cross is more tolerable because the New Testament does not add that they are condemned and rejected by God for this reason. And the Old Testament was certain to be a complete and utter curse. Not so with the New Testament. But he goes on, the rest of the populace is more wicked than even the heathen themselves, for most married people do not desire offspring. That was 500 years ago. I wonder what he'd say about the state of affairs today. Maybe even with having given answer to your own kids, saying, oh, maybe you've had enough kids, you might want to be careful now. Luther would have maybe something to say about that. Regardless of children, though, all share grief over the changes and chances of life. Whatever sorrows they draw, these things, they draw sin, death, and the devil to snuff out faith in God. Jesus points out that charity, praying, fasting by the Pharisees gained praise from men, but saw no need for God's grace to be at work for them. They didn't, they didn't really, it wasn't on the radar. Lent, too, is a call to sacrifice prayer and discipline. Yet what does this mean before our pain over life? Like Rachel and Jacob, you know all too well that the ashes do not explain the answers we seek or the griefs we bear. Doubts come over unanswered prayers. Waiting on the Lord leaves a taste of, frankly, frustration. Contentment churns with plenty of coveting. And so grief shifts to bitterness and then to annoying jealousy. And at last, a pride, a pride formed out of despair. It's to find our own sinful ways and answers that resist God and, frankly, what his word says. That's good. We make our own kind of relief, wrapped up in sinful solutions because we're weary souls. Dust we are because we're born 
as sinners, children of Adam and Eve. Our dysfunction, big or small, shows a desperation held against God. Then God remembered. Is all we need to hear tonight. Apart from Rachel and her sorry state and emptied hope with faith on the brinks of nothing, God remembered. He acted, he heard and answered. Rachel conceived a son. And the genesis of Joseph was not merely a big thing for this new mother. His life would bring deliverance for Israel. And that finally points all people today to how Jesus does this for us during the season of Lent and what he does during Holy Week. We can find satisfaction when someone remembers our name, right? We hope that at least from people. That can be hard. But when God remembered Rachel, it changed everything. Remembering for God is not like a memory exercise if you think you can do it so well. That's not what we're talking about. And it's not about giving you a feeling of value, like he knows your name kind of stuff. That's fine, but okay. His remembering comes with gracious action. Patience is a virtue, but the Lord looked upon Rachel while she was stuck in sin with a striving that bore no good fruit. God remembered Rachel when she had nothing left to recall of her life. And so as the Psalms often say multiple times throughout the Psalms, it says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Out of, his dis out of distress and fearfulness, God gave Rachel a son and removed her sorrow. She named him Joseph with hope that said, May the Lord add to me another son. That's kind of the confidence that we could hope for today. Benjamin would be born later. But the genesis of Joseph, you understand? The genesis of Joseph sets the tone of God's grace. Another son from Mary has added far more joy to the world when the angels sang at his birth, God has remembered the fullness he promised for humanity in Jesus Christ. The only son of the Father acts with grace he is sent to give. Instead of temporal relief for a time, Jesus knows the law's judgment that we are dust. Born of our flesh, he can remove the disgrace and the shame of it all that we struggle with. The mess made by sinners drove him to suffer and die. His cross claims the promise that God has not forgotten. You or anybody. He remembers you in his son. And this is to act with forgiveness, to give life and to rest in salvation. And so these 40 days of Lent remember our brokenness, our feeble strain with the law, and that God in ourselves to our demands. We also remember against such kind of a darkness where it all goes, which is to the cross of Christ bound to God's grace. Joseph will help 
in that remembering by foreshadowing what Jesus gives as promised by God our Father. And yet the gift remains in how God remembered Rachel and remembers you and his son. It is more than a historical action of the past. But God still comes to act by his grace. And St. Paul says tonight, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God remembers you at Zion by speaking forgiveness in your ears of holy absolution. His word remembers to preach the gospel against desperation. The baptismal life is God's gift, remembering to cleanse from any shame that stands against you, how it may come. What Jesus gives of his true body and blood is remembrance by God, giving hope in another kingdom of grace. And so Ash Wednesday always has the theme of return. God remembers because he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Rachel turned away from God. And it led to no good. Whether big or small, we face the same strife over mistreated relationships, unfair aims, warped outcomes, distrustful hearts, and love lacking in every way. Ash Wednesday is kind of get it all out. And yet, tonight, God remembers. Dust you are. He remembers not our ways, but the promise given in his son. Return to him, since Jesus turns with grace enough to go with him to his cross. The journey of Lent begins with this fact. God remembers. Treasure Christ, for he is greater than all griefs. And why? God remembers. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time we rise and make confession of the one true faith this evening.